Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I am your host, Hanan Elbasha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough, I am worthy, I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hello again, everyone. This is your host, Hanan al with another episode of Empowered to Grow. This is the part where we call it, this is our uncharted discussions. And I'm still here with Carrie, um, Carrie Faith. And um, we, we touched on a lot of topics in the first part of our discussion that we wanted to, uh, to bring forth into to keep talking about. And I think part of it was, um, well, it's about our, the language or the way we talk to ourselves, I believe. And um, I know I learned this from Tony Robbins and from Mel Robbins, and it was about the transformational vocabulary, our internal and our external dialogue, the words we use, the phrases we use, how we associate it. um, Well, actually, how we associate those phrases even to our worth, to our self-worth and to our um, self-image and to how we project ourselves and how we introduce ourselves. And I find it's fascinating that we use so or... Now I'm very cautious of it, but I used to use such disempowering language. And I now I can see and I can hear the 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 um the expressions, even I'm Egyptian, so even in our culture, there are a lot of expressions that are very disempowering. And we use it all the time, and we use it as a joke, or we use it to put someone down as a joke. <laughs> I was like, seriously, this has to stop. You know, I keep doing the timeout every time I'm talking to someone now. It's just because. I held myself back for so long because of that language, because I did not feel good enough, because I did not feel worthy, because I did not feel that what I'm doing is, well, even my, I was telling you earlier, even the way I describe myself, I thought of myself as fat versus now that even that language is when I say I am fat, that defines me as the fat. I am not fat. I am Hanan. Now, the fat that is around my body, the layers of fat around my body that are bogging me down are what I need to shed. And what I, I need to shed them, not lose them, because when you lose something, you find it again. I need to shed them as in once and for all because they're holding or they're, they're causing distress to my organs and to my body. And, and thus, the whole transformational thought and the whole image has changed for me. So what are your thoughts on this, Carrie? Well, it was so beautiful that you were just vulnerable and share that. And when you were saying the word, um, you know, calling yourself in the past fat, I was just looking at you and seeing how you're so beautiful, strong and empowering. And, you know, just even to change that when you look into the mirror and instinctively, you know, media and culture has beauty look different all across the world, right? Even Mm -hmm. from 100 years ago to beauty now. And so just to know that we as individuals have the power and are empowered to choose that language and say, look in the mirror. And even if you catch yourself saying I'm fat or, you know, my, my butt looks bad today or whatever yeah. you're going to say my skin is- or my nose or my hair or whatever it is. I mean, we, we, 
there's a thousand ways we can put ourselves down when it comes to our image. I know that. I know, I know I used to do with that. I mean, even embracing my curly hair, that was a journey that only started like nearly three years ago. Before that, it was like straighten it, go to the hairdresser. I could not go to a meeting or an event without straight hair. It just was not appropriate, you know. But then I realized, but this is me. This is my hair. And now I had to, I literally chopped it all off. and then I had to nurture it back again into growth. And, and as it is, it's part of my body and I have to nurture it to, to, to be the best version that it could be of itself. Um, would I like it to be longer and fuller and stuff? Of course, there's always more that I'd like, but I'm very proud of it now. And like before when people just say, oh my God, I love your hair. It's like, seriously, you know, it's like all over the place and stuff. Now when I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, I can help you with your curly hair. And I start kind of giving up right away the the encouragement and the, and, the, and the recipes and everything that comes with it. Right. There's so much packed into that in the sense of, you know, how many times have we got compliments about our hair. And even yesterday, this happened, I was on a, a group call on, on zoom, of course, and I just felt like I hadn't had time to do my hair as of right now, too. And I had like three comments in the chat saying, Oh, your hair looks beautiful, like always. And even five minutes ago, I was telling myself, Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm getting on this video, my hair looks terrible, I didn't have time to do it. But that just goes to show you how the way we think to ourselves is such a limited perception and just to embrace it and realize that our beauty within ourselves is we downgrade our own beauty. We downgrade our own value. We downgrade our own worth and intelligence. And really when you look at it from a lifespan, right? Mm -hmm. And a lifespan, or even when you get to the end of your life, what is truly going to be important? It's not necessarily what you look like, how good your hair was on that one day. Yes. <laughs> it's really about the feeling that we have left in people's hearts, in their minds, in their memories, and that impact. And not to just downplay what we have here when we can take out the material side of it and get to the soul level, get to the heart level that doesn't fit into any label. It's just expansive. It's abundant, like you said. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it, it comes down to language. That's true. I mean, it's beautiful how you said about stripping away the, the material part and the, and the, and the exterior part to, to see them, how you feel and how you felt going through it. And that's the memory that you're leaving behind. And, you know, when we really do think back on, on moments that define this on milestones, you'd realize you don't, okay, sometimes we do remember what we were wearing, where we were standing and those kind of things. But in essence, it's that it's the memory of how we felt, and a lot of those, especially the good ones, are usually associated with a very, very simple setting. You know, you're you're on the beach, you're barefoot, you're in your, you know, kind of your hair is all over the place. You've got sand coming out of every area in you and you're in swimsuit. But it is that is that feeling. It's that freedom. It is that connectivity, that intimacy, whatever it is, you would find that these are the moments that you cherish the most and that had the most impact on you. I have moments that I remember it was 
like, you know, talking to my professor at university and it was outside the corridor. It was in the corridor, sorry, outside our class. And he said one statement to me, this was close to 20 years ago. That has stuck to me, you know, has stuck with me. It's about that person looking at me in that way, a friend, an ex-friend of mine. And she, you know, she looked at me in a way is like, and that's what you've been doing all that time. And I was showing her something I was super proud of. It was my first brochure in my marketing job, you know, it was that kind of thing. And that for me, I, that was 25 years ago. And I still remember that moment. And, and it is those things that we have to keep reminding ourselves that it is the transformational vocabulary. It is the language, our inner and outer dialogue that we will keep in our memory, locked away. And that will come out to whether empowers or disempowers. It would be our fuel to, to kind of get out of a rut, or it will be the same fuel that keeps us in the same rut and keeps us rotting in there just because we can't get ourselves out. And I think that is a choice that we get to make. It is. I and mean, this is such an aligned topic with really what I, I teach and what I want to empower people with, and especially women, is that um, the way with emotional intelligence is one of the areas of my yeah. expertise. And the way I decipher between an emotion and a feeling is that, well, first off, I think emotion is the new currency. I really do. Sure. This is <laughs> The movement that I'm on, because it's all about the feeling at the end of the day. So to me, I'm on this movement that emotion is the new currency, because we are all very separated, divided, isolated, and all these things with in being in 2021 right now. But the way I empower or want to empower your listeners today is that the emotion is a physiological response in our body. Mm -hmm. And I know you brought up, I think, um, Mel Robbins, and she yeah. talks a lot about this as well. But emotion is just physiological. Yes. You know, it's comes from um, our brain and chemicals. But the feeling is something a word that we choose through language to define that emotion. Yes. So I want to empower everyone that when they have just become aware and conscious of their physiological state of their body, when they feel whatever, whether it's anxiety, I know that's something that I've really struggled with my whole life, um, is the anxiety because it's that pounding heart, it's the sweaty palms, it's the sweaty armpits, it's just a, a sensation in our body. But how we the words that we choose, are going to either empower us and enlighten us and make us feel elated, or it's going to make us feel in a not a, a, a lower vibrational state is how I define it. Yes. So be mindful, yes. right? And empower that you can choose a word, just one word differently for that physiological response. And really, when you look at it at a scientific point is that every word has a certain vibrational energy, That's true. just like emotion does. It's a, it, all it is is energy. And um, I'm sure that you have something to say about this. <laughs> As, as a doctorate. Total. It's it I, I can't agree more. And I think it's it's as you said, it's um it's the physiological, it's the emotional, it is the 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 mental association, and it is the physical as well, because that also all of this then 
um, I think kind of feeds into how we carry our body and how, you know, our stance and our stand and how we sit and how we talk and how we come across. And um, I think um, it was uh, Joseph um, McClendon, the uh, gentleman with the Tony Roberts when he was like, you know, how do you walk into a room and that kind of energy that, and that translates into also the vibrational of you as a person. Like there are people who walk into a room and they literally light it up. They haven't done anything. They just walked in and you feel like kind of that, that energy just kind of flows through and everyone kind of lifts up a couple of degrees. And there are people who walk into a room and the first thing you think is like, oh, you know, I can't take this. And it is sad for me because I feel like a lot of the times we can't switch that around. Again, as you said, it's one word. It's how we associate this. Yes, you could get some of the worst news, but still what you make of it. And, um, you know, as Tony says, life, life happens for you, not to you. So just that even that perspective makes you shift things around. Okay, now this has happened. Now what? What do we do about it rather than, oh, this has happened. Yeah. Exactly. And when, when you can really look at our beings as energy and the energy that we're just not caring um, for ourselves, but how that affects others. And you, you had a good example of how someone can walk into the room and you can feel them light it up. Or you can just look at them and know they're miserable on the inside. And that affects our health because it's not only projecting to those around us, but those words that we choose are sending a message to each cell in our body. And if you look at, you know, how cancer is formed, it's from cells multiplying that are not good cells, right? Not friendly. (laughs) type of, I mean, you're the doc, the doctorate here, but any type of um, energy that you're projecting is either I like to say, on the plus or the minus, and that is sending a message to yourself. So if health and wellness is a priority in your life, and I know that it is for you, <laughs> uh, that's the most mindful thing that we can do is choose our language and be empowered through language because that's how I was sick from age three is just because I heard someone else speaking to me and someone else's language telling me that I was, you know, bad, negative, nobody wanted to be around me, um, became my inner dialogue. And Mm -hmm. And not only destroyed my mind, but it destroyed my body for 40 years until I found, you know, this empowerment in myself through self-development, through positive psychology that we can change it. That's true. Well, I love that, Carrie. And like, I think this is a very high note to end our discussion on. And I know that this is not the end of a discussion. I know that we can go on forever and I can, you know, I'm sure both of us can come up with tons of examples of how um, the words as in the vocab that has been used around us, the energy that has been around us that has impacted us in, in, in a very physical manner and how our body and our sympathetic and um, nervous system and everything accepted it as that. Um, I know that, Literally, I might need to write a book just about that. <laughs> the psychosomatic symptoms of, of the negativity in, in my life and the stress that came along with it and everything. So on a positive note, 
um, let's say that positive language is not just uh, kind of the woo talk of everyone. It does have an impact. It does have a, um, a very significant impact, not only on your body, on your um, mental health, on your uh, emotional health, on your psyche as a whole, and how you carry your per yourself as a person, and how you transmit that energy to yourself and to everyone around you. I can't wait to read that book <laughs> of yours because it definitely is needed. And as a collective and as humans are realizing that the way that we've done things have made us sick in the past, we are all on this healing journey to um, just be better human beings and be empowered to take control of our own lives. And I feel like we're, we're doing it <laughs> together. And the more of us that do it together, the more that we're going to heal um, countries, we're going to heal, heal the world and just heal future generations. Exactly. That is the mission. That is the purpose. And we're in it together. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you, everyone. Yet again, empowered you, empowers others. Love, abundance and prosperity to you all. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, or visit my website, www.hananelbasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.